0: It's time now for the complete story of public news and information feature of BOT Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich BOT, with today's complete story.
1: And well, I tell you what, folks, I think we're just getting covered up with important issues. And uh, last night, as I was uh, trying to sleep anyway... I was thinking of all the problems that we've got and it seems as though every day there's something else that's piled on top of what we had the day before. So I don't know, I don't remember a time in my lifetime when a situation was the way it is right now. And, And I was reminded of a song by Bill and Gloria Gaither that really speaks to the moment and gives us hope here it is
2: to me there was nothing quite so sweet as holding in my arms our newborn baby to know this was our child ours to love and care for ours to feed and clothe ours to teach and guide but with the pride and joy also came the realization that this child was going to face a world that was not very beautiful and a baby's not a new toy but an immortal soul I don't think I'd have the courage to look our little babies in the face in the light of today's headlines if it were not for the fact of an empty tomb, a risen Lord, and a philosophy of life that makes sense when the world doesn't, a philosophy that brings life into focus, gives beauty for ashes, puts hope in the heart. When the days are uncertain, the future is sure. Because of a man called Jesus, I can look our babies in the face and say, because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because I know all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives.
3: How sweet to hold. Our newborn baby And feel the pride And joy he gives But greater still the calm assurance our boy can face uncertain days because
1: There it is, folks. Uh, There it is. Uh, By the way, Rich is gone again today, um, but he'll be back. He's a busy guy, I'll tell you that. Um, And then, you know what? As I was thinking of the words of that song, I thought, well, Dick, uh, what's your job? And I'll tell you, that the job for each one of us is to pray and to pray for this land. Here it is.
4: Bad news every morning Just like the day before Bad news for the rich man Bad news for the poor Where this country's heading Lord I knew, but most of all I need to know what can one man do. I'm going to pray for this land. I'm gonna have faith. Lord bless us Lord lift us up. Uh,
1: if you take the words to that song seriously, you know what you can have hope. you can move ahead with a smile on your face and then loving your brother as you love yourself. Now, now we're ready for the main course. and Alan Jackson, I heard him I heard him preach on this subject just a while back and I think it'll be a blessing to your heart but it will give you something to really think about so let's get right into it here it is
0: we're working through a series under the general theme of 2020 vision and in this session I want to talk specifically about some survival essentials specifically light and truth spiritual survival essentials I'm not talking about the things you'll need to survive just physically. That's a discussion for a different group of people. The portion of the equation I've been entrusted with is spiritual survival. And we don't only—we don't just want to survive, we want to flourish. No matter what's coming, no matter what disruptions, no matter what expression of evil, no matter how intimidating the threats, Jesus came to this earth and offered himself as a sacrifice that we might display his victory. The scripture says he leads us in a triumphal procession. So I I read the statistics. I know what they say about the church in our nation. I hear the language and I read the articles about a post-Christian this and a post-Christian that. I look forward to making them revise their articles. Why not? Why shouldn't we be the generation that humbles ourselves before the Lord in such a way that he moves in an unprecedented way that the lives of our children and our grandchildren are transformed by the power of a living God. I will not concede the field. I will not yield. God's not intimidated because of who controls the media or doesn't. He's not threatened by who's elected to office or who isn't. Jesus is Lord of all lords and the King of kings. And every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord and we are the current installation of the book of acts so church it's time to stand up lift up our heads ask for the boldness to be the church in this generation now, there are two things that are critical for this journey and that's an awareness of light and a willingness to embrace the truth when we say 2020 vision that begins with our physical person we understand that 2020 vision is an evaluation of your ability to see If you go to the optometrist or the ophthalmologist and they say you've got 20-20 vision, good for you. You're not going to need correction. You're not going to need glasses or contacts or LASIKs or whatever the the most current way to help you with your vision is. You can see at what we've at least deemed as an acceptable level. If you don't, you need some adjustments. You'll need lenses or glasses or treatments or something. Well, if you'll allow me, I'm going to submit that spiritually... There's a number of comments in the Bible made about our vision beyond our physical eyes. There's more than one type of vision. If you don't understand that, the Bible will be confusing. It talks about eyes of faith that enable us to see the possibilities of God. It speaks of understanding hearts that enables us to see and recognize the invitations of God. We need the ability, we need discernment. That's about spiritual insight which enables us to distinguish between good and evil so that we can cooperate with God and avoid and overcome evil. We need the discernment, the, the, the spiritual vision to recognize what God is doing. You see, if we don't recognize what God is truly doing, we will deteriorate and descend into petty arguments and useless debates about secondary things because we're totally oblivious to what God is really about. We've had enough of that. We've spent enough decades having those silly arguments. We will either stand together or we're going to hang separately. Amen, Pastor Allen. <laughs> well, if you'll allow me, I would submit to you that in the year 2020, God began to open the eyes of his people in a new way. I believe we have begun a season of awakening. Things which have been hidden in darkness or obscured by circumstances within our own lives, have been moved into the light, and they're now far more clearly seen. I think we are much more aware that we're living through a time of tremendous deception. There are enormous efforts being made to diminish the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Almost every direction we look, we're told it's not welcome, or it's inappropriate, or it's out of date, or you don't really believe that, do you? Or Are you one of those born-againers? As a matter of fact, I am. And I would like to tell you about it because I would be delighted if you would become one of them as well. I've encouraged you for months and months now to watch and to listen and to think. It's more important than it's ever been. You don't need to spend hours a day listening to the news or searching the Internet or tracking down your favorite conspiracy. A few moments a day is sufficient. The rest of the day, they tell the same stories. But I've built, I've cultivated a habit. I just write down headlines. And I've come to understand that if you'll do that over a series of weeks, the, the headlines begin to come together with a pattern that truly is absurd. It, it is illogical and it's irrational, but they keep feeding it to you with such rapidity and such pervasiveness in such an overwhelming way and with, what, with such sober faces and such determined language that I'm, I'm concerned that we get swept away by it. There are logic breaks in it. You you don't need great discernment. You just need the discipline to listen just a bit. I'll give you one simple example. We are witnessing an unprecedented, at least in our nation's history, descent into lawlessness and a diminishment of the rule of law. They are at historic low ebbs. Our cities are more violent than they've ever been. Our schools, we're having just been hundreds of millions of dollars in the state of Tennessee. I thank God for a governor and and legislature that's willing to do it, but to secure our schools. It's remarkable. But if you've just listened, think of the headlines from the last few months. Just a casual observer, there have been a repeated cry across the spectrum from nationwide to defund our police. And along with those cries with a straight face, They combine intense scrutiny of those that work in law enforcement and they'll highlight any failure which supports the narrative of the police's failure. Too often they fail to tell us the rest of the story. But defund the police has been heard far and wide and repeated with great enthusiasm. And then we find in the judicial system a persistent refusal to prosecute many criminals and a consistent weakening of those legal codes, the penal codes. They downgrade the offenses to make them misdemeanors. It becomes a revolving door. So while we have intense scrutiny on those enforcing the laws, we're giving great latitude to those who are breaking the laws. And it's being done on on a national level. We have open borders. It's an abandonment of the responsibility of the federal government. And those responsible for it have no sense of shame or embarrassment. They celebrate it. They tell us it's humanitarian. That is a lie. They are robbing from the citizens to hand it to whomever happens to wander into our nation. And they are abandoning their responsibilities that they agreed to uphold. We are witnesses on a weekly basis to blatant expressions of unequal justice before the law. Our leaders across our nation, and state after state, encourage drug abuse. And there's an abundance of data, both from social sciences and hard sciences, that suggest the, there's a correlation between the rise in violence and crime and increase in drug use. So you take that whole constellation of things, and then they wrap a bow around it and says they intend to confiscate your guns. So let me be sure I got this straight. We want to defund the police. We want to encourage criminal behavior. We want to open our border. We want to accelerate drug use. We want justice to be unequal, and we think you should turn in your weapons. That's simply one chain of headlines. I could give you a dozen more. It's irrational. It's illogical. It makes no sense, but it is cascading over us like a waterfall on a daily basis, and the church, quite honestly, seems a bit addled by it as if we're not sure how to respond or what the message should be. Because at the end of the day, we don't want to be offensive. We don't want to be labeled. We don't want to get canceled. We don't want our friends to step away. We don't want to become one of those people who's a pariah amongst the larger citizenry. We'd much prefer to be labeled as a person of grace and a person of mercy. I believe in the mercy and the grace of God. Apart from that, my life would have been shipwrecked long ago and many times since. But that's not the entire character of God. And I want to spend the balance of our time focusing on some survival essentials that will help us flourish. Because whether you acknowledge it or not, that is our circumstance. Deception is escalating. Violence is escalating. Evil is being celebrated. There are enormous attempts to normalize the most perverse behavior into the youngest amongst us. Now, you may prefer to play shuffleboard on the deck of the Titanic. I would prefer to explore the options. And we've been distracted by secondary issues long enough, church. So, some quick suggestions Jeremiah 5 and verse 21. Jeremiah the prophet, speaking to the covenant people of God, says, You foolish and senseless people who have eyes but do not see, who have ears but do not hear. Could we begin with the acknowledgement? that for far too long we have had vision problems. We have vision problems. We just have little awareness of spiritual things, or perhaps more devastating, we've just had little concern. We've been ambivalent or disinterested or distracted, or we imagine that because we'd said the sinner's prayer and we imagine ourselves to be saved and baptized and relatively moral, as long as God graved on some sort of a curve of mercy, we were good to go. And because of that, we've had a little interest in our world. We hired people to do that, like we hired plumbers or somebody to come fix our computer. We hired evangelists or we we sponsored missionaries or we gave something at the church. And we thought in those expressions, we had fulfilled our spiritual obligations. Meanwhile, our culture is plummeting into the abyss and we're abandoning our children. We have had a vision problem. I would add to that Psalm 43 in verse 3. The psalmist says, send forth your light and your truth. Let them guide me. In the plainest of language, light and truth are essential components of spiritual vision. It's similar with your physical eyesight. In the complete absence of light, you can't see. It's not about the, your, your eyesight. It's not about your, your brain's function. You need light in order to have vision, physically. The same is true spiritually. And if you are in the dark, if you're in the spiritual dark, if you choose the darkness, if you stand in the shadows willingly to excuse the sin that you choose to accommodate, you impair your discernment. You impair your spiritual vision. And the psalmist says a prayer that we would all benefit from meditating upon. Send forth your light and your truth. Let them guide me. It's a prayer we're going to pray before we leave tonight. That the light and the truth of God would guide his church in the earth as never before. That we would walk in his light, in his truth. Not a cultural truth, not a politically correct truth, not the truth of the denomination in which we've spent most of our time, or the truth of our favorite pastor, but in the truth of God's word. And the light of the Spirit of God, that we might see with clarity the spiritual circumstances of our lives and our world. And then I would add to that one more piece the necessity of the gospel, the Jesus story. Folks, the only solution to the problems that plague us is Jesus. There's no social program, there's no expression of kindness, there's no expression of generosity. Jesus represents something different and unique, the power to transform a human life from the inside out, to be made a totally new creation, no matter what expression of evil has touched our lives or left us in a broken place, no matter what we have participated in that has diminished ourselves or other people. Jesus of Nazareth is capable of writing a new future for us. It is the core message of the church. He's not one amongst many options. He's unique. There aren't many paths that lead to the same destination of some benevolent higher power someplace. Jesus of Nazareth is the incarnate Son of God. He was born in a stable in Bethlehem. He grew to adulthood in Nazareth. For three years, he ministered in public in the most remarkable way our world has ever seen. He demonstrated authority over the elements. He spoke to the wind and the waves. He made water from wine. He demonstrated authority over demons and saw multiple people delivered from demonic influences. He raised the dead to life and opened blind eyes. And then he willingly presented himself before a Roman governor that lacked the courage to free him even though he knew he was innocent. And he offered himself as a sacrifice. And took upon himself the punishment that was due our sin. He exhausted the curse of sin. So, no matter whom we meet, no matter how dark their story, no matter how deep the the pit they have fallen into, don't commiserate with their sin. It's not kindness to put your arm around them and say, That's a horrible thing, and leave them in that pit. That is not mercy. That is passive hatred if we lack the courage to say that we too have struggled, but we found hope and deliverance in the person of Jesus Christ, and he will set you free. Every one of us has a God story. And we tell it in the brokenness of our own lives, in the inconsistencies that we still struggle with, but we're not stepping away from it. It is why we are here. The reason God has given us breath And the blessings that have come to your life are not principally so you can vacation in a more elaborate place. They're so you can be an advocate, an ambassador for Jesus of Nazareth. There
1: it is. Um, Who is it up to? It's up to each and every one of us. Uh, You know, many years ago, when George Beverly Shea was much, much younger, oh, I used to love to hear his voice. And, you know, he left us with a song, this speaks to the sermon we just heard. Listen to this.
3: Not my brother nor my sister but it's me, O oh Lord Standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother nor my sister but it's me, O oh Lord Standing in the need of prayer. It's a me It's a me, O oh Lord Standing in the need of prayer. It's a me It's a me, O oh in the need of prayer. Not the preacher nor the deacon, but it's meal, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Not the preacher nor the deacon, but it's meal, oh Lord. Standing in the
4: need of prayer. It's me.
3: Neighbor, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not the stranger nor my neighbor, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer.
4: It's a
1: listener comment line and uh, let us have your feelings about this the number is 800-345-2621 well we better we better have some listeners now let's let's start with this lady
3: hi i'm calling from oklahoma i listen to bot radio every day a year ago my white cow had a beautiful white calf but six days later a neighbor's two dogs killed it I decided to leave a radio on in my barn and now Bot radio plays 24 hours a day. The preaching of God's word has kept those devil dogs away. You might say I truly have holy cows. Keep up the good work, Bot Radio. I love listening to your program.
1: Oh, I'm I'm, I'm first of all, I'm so sorry about your cow, dear lady, but I am glad that by that means you started listening to Bot Radio Network. Now, here's a gentleman.
3: My name is Reese. I'm from a little town in Shalbana, Missouri. I love Bot Network. If I want to get spiritually fed, I go to Bot Network. There's no other mm-hmm. place where I can really hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and let it soak into my soul. Thank you.
1: Ah, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Here's a lady.
2: Hi. My
1: girlfriend and I came to the Lord in the 70s and at Chuck Smith's Church. Southern California got baptized in Pirate's Cove, the whole thing. But it wasn't very long before we realized that we didn't have a kindly Christian grandfather. Well, we decided Charles Stanley was that guy. Telling it like it is, he really, really, really is still so important and viable and some of us just really need that. So all I'm saying is, I mean, I don't have a computer. I don't have an email address, but I've got the radio, and I've got Charles Stanley.
2: God bless. Bye-bye.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, listen now, uh, we're just about out of time. Rich will be with me next week. and, uh, And I think I have to say for the moment, this has been The Complete Story as a public service for you folks.